Praise the Lord and welcome to our weekly 30-minute podcast, The Elephant in the Room with Bishop Michael Bellamy. All podcasts will cover various topics that are often overlooked, misunderstood, or even controversial from a biblical perspective. We're blessed to have a team of wonderful producers who want to make each episode something that will be enjoyable and informative. Today, We'll talk about the holiness lifestyle and God's standard for how we should live every day. I'm sure you've heard about living in holiness and how most people think that it doesn't take all of that to be saved. During this episode, I want to share with you how important holy living actually is to true believers and how a life of holiness through consecration and sanctification is in alignment with the perfect will of God. Today's podcast was produced by Elder Maurice Clanton Sr. It was edited by Lady Satoya Clanton and Sister Tynika Harris Coronado. I'll be back with today's episode. What is holiness? Both Merriam-Webster and Dictionary.com say, Holiness is the quality or state of being holy. AV1611.com gives us a biblical meaning for holiness, defining it as sacredness or the state of anything being hallowed or consecrated to God or to his worship. The word says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 15 through 16, and I'm reading from the King James Version, But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Many of the attributes of holiness exemplify the love and compassion and decorum that God exhibits and requires of his followers. One of the main characteristics of living a holy life is living a life free and separated from sin. The Holy Ghost is the teacher to instruct you in living this life of holiness. As a born-again believer, there are many things to be learned to continue to grow in the Lord, All of those things are contained in the Word of God. You may have heard the saying, He only left you biblical instructions before leaving earth. If you pay attention to the first letter of each word in that saying, you'll find that they spell Holy Bible. While a great mnemonic for referencing the Holy Bible It's important for us to understand that the Holy Bible is the inspired Word of God that contains detailed steps and instructions that show us how crucial it is to live a holy and sanctified life. Listeners, here's the elephant in the room. Holiness is not some catchy word we can hashtag or Put on a bumper sticker on our cars. 
Holiness is not something we can simply put on and take off on a whim. But it is the only way of life for us as believers. With the Holy Ghost as our guide, as we read the scriptures, we will find many instructions that help us to perfect ourselves in holiness. I want to share with you a few of the many important things we must master in our transformations from living in filthiness and sin to embracing holiness wholeheartedly. Colossians chapter 1 verse number 10 reads, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Walking in holiness is one of the most fundamental things we have to learn as believers. Your walk may look differently than others depending on your life experiences, spiritual connection, and spiritual growth. Ultimately, every true believer desires to mind the same things, the things of God. One of the greatest statements made to the believers in the Word found in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, I'm reading from the New King James Version, which lets us know that we must present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is our reasonable service of worship, and to not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds, that we may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So, as believers walking not by our natural sight, but by the Spirit of God, we understand how important it is to live God's way. Oftentimes, we need perspective to ensure that what we're doing in our walks with Christ is prosperous according to God's will. We want to ensure we're growing into better disciples of Christ because there was a time where we walked unholy, thinking any type of living was acceptable and pleasing because it was convenient for us. It was easy to live without a standard, which is what our flesh demands from us. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 1, reading from the King James Version, reveals to us the woesome state we were in before salvation was freely given to us. Wherein, in time past, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. However, the word gives us clear guidance on what our lives should look like before God. Ephesians chapter 5 I'll read verses 15 through 16 from the King James Version. It reads, See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. 
Further, in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse number 1, Paul wrote, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. After our conversions into this new walk of life with the promise of salvation in Jesus Christ and eternal life, we can govern ourselves accordingly. Our focus as true believers should be on shifting from minding natural things to focusing on the spiritual things of God. Galatians chapter 5 verse 16 gives us the following instructions. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Further down in the chapter in verses 25 and 26, the scripture continues, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. In his blog, post titled, Weekly Devotional, Four Reasons to Walk with God, Kennedy Lane at Grand Canyon University wrote the following, The Lord never said that our lives here on earth would be easy. We're going to go through hard times, and we're going to have our struggles. But our time here on earth will be worth it. We're here to spread God's love and light to others and spread the good news that He is our Savior. When we walk with God, it may not make things easy, but it makes them possible. Walking with Him gives us assurance of His presence and power in our lives. Our God is powerful and with him, all things are possible. We can endure trials and heartache because of Christ's resurrection power in us, we can overcome. James chapter 3 verse 8 lets us know that the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. My friends, as true believers with the holy mindset of God, we must take care with our words and how we use them. Psalms 39.1 reads, I said, I will take heed to my ways that I sin not with my tongue. I will keep my mouth with a bridle while the wicked is before me. With the Holy Ghost power that we possess inside of us allows us to follow the instructions given in Colossians chapter 3, verse number 6 would read, Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how you should answer everyone. Several more scriptures give us guidance on how we should talk in holiness. James chapter 1 verse number 19. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, 
slow to wrath. First Peter chapter four, verse number 11. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracle of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 29 through 31. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed until the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Psalms 19.14 Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Friends, our words have so much influence on the people around us, our environments, and even ourselves. The Bible lets us know in Proverbs 18.21 that our words have power and that even life and death are in the power of our tongues. So, speak life. Dressing in holiness has less to do with our outer appearance but has more emphasis on how our hearts and thoughts are toward others, including how we treat ourselves. We see here in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 17, that there's a dress code for holiness. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Therefore, stand therefore, having your lawns girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked." And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. In addition to putting on the whole armor of God in dressing, the word tells us in Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 15, Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, 
so also do ye. And above all things put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be thankful. So, we see the biblical dressing in holiness starts with the heart. We know and understand that as believers, as we grow in the word and knowledge of the inner man, our heart states reflects on our outer appearance and adorning. When our hearts are adorned in holiness, those living in the word will see the outward manifestation Just as Jesus said in John chapter 17, verse 16, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. In his article, Holiness in Dress, John R. Gibson wrote the following, Far too often decisions about what to wear or what not to wear are made with one simple concern. Is it fashionable? Let's understand that God's call to holiness is not answered by simply rejecting all that is stylish or fashionable. If we are to be the salt this earth needs, the light so desperately needed in this dark time, we should not deliberately choose to be weird or seek to be different simply for the sake of being different. And we must also realize that God has not given us the list of colors, styles, fabrics, etc. He expects us to wear. Yet, the call to cleanse ourselves and complete our holiness requires that we view this world's fashions through the prism of God's word. Gibson elaborated with the following. Take a few moments to read Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 through 23, and 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 20 and 21, which include such statements as, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven and providing honorable things, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. If we take seriously the call to be holy and righteous influence on those around us, we will not want our choices in clothing to negatively impact the way others see us. To put it simply, when we clothe ourselves in spiritual righteousness, and holiness according to God's word, all things natural, including our physical dress, will fall in line. This is Bishop Michael Bellamy. I hope you enjoy our podcast and subscribe to our Facebook page. You will find our weekly 30-minute podcast on many of your favorite platforms. Would you please tell your family and friends to listen in as well? We would also love to hear from you. Feel free to connect with us on Facebook and via email at theelephant2022 
at gmail.com. As we continue to press toward the mark, we must grow into the perfect man. Even our very thoughts have to be shaped and molded into the mind of our Savior, Jesus Christ. The word tells us in Psalm 37 and 40, Mark the perfect man and behold the upright for the end of that man is peace. Apostle Peter also instructed us in 1 Peter chapter 4 verse number 1 to arm ourselves. Likewise, having the same mind to suffer as Christ did, forsaking his own will that that of the Father. Paul elaborated further on how we should renew our minds in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 21 and 24. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt, according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that ye may put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Oftentimes, the things that we would think to do to align ourselves with God's ways of holiness are far removed from his will because we put on our fleshly desires before God's divine will. The way we used to carry ourselves or behave before we receive salvation in Christ has to change for the better. We take on God's perspective in how we think and behave each day. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, gives us the perfect blueprint. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. In learning how to think and behave in holiness, we must remember a few important elements to the process of becoming holy before God. First, we must consider ourselves how easy it is for us to err and to fall into sin and thus out of the will of God. Paul testified to us in Romans 7 how he was often torn between following his fleshly desires and following the will of God. I'll read from the modern English version. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold unto sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I do not practice, what I will do. But I do the very thing I hate. But if I practice what I do not will to do, I agree that the law, it is good. So now it is no longer I that do it, but the sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh dwells no good thing. For the will to do what is right is present with me, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. 
For the good I desire to do, I do not do. But the evil I do not want is what I do. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no more longer, it is no longer I who does it, but the sin that lives in me. I find then a law that when I desire to do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God according to the inner man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from the body of this death? Here Paul gave us a true depiction of how easy it is for us as believers to be swayed by the flesh if we don't put it into subjection under the Holy Ghost and the Word. This walk is a challenge, for sure. But when we give over our will to follow the example of Christ, it becomes easy. Take heart, listeners. Paul didn't leave us wondering whether he stayed in a continuous struggle with sin, but he gave us hope. In Romans chapter 8, he wrote the following. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus have set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and concerning sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. In Paul's letter to the church and Galatia, he gave another key element in the process of becoming holy before God. In this epistle, he expressed how important it is to have compassion and concern for our brothers and sisters in Christ. In Galatians chapter 6, Verses 1 through 3, he wrote, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. In the same epistle, the Apostle Paul also magnified our need to concern ourselves with how we hold ourselves in high regard before others. In verse 3, he wrote, For if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. We must be careful. We must be careful not to exalt ourselves, especially those of us who have been saved for several years. 
In his article titled, True Holiness Has True Worth, Reverend David Wilson Rogers wrote the following. True holiness and righteousness is also about facing the real demons within and faithfully coming to terms with one's own evil and sin. This is what Jesus meant when he said that before we can remove the speck from another's eye, that one must first remove the log from their own eye. Frequently, when our sense of righteousness is threatened or questioned, we can mistakenly defend that sense of righteous priority by unwittingly shining in the angry or fearful destruction of others. No matter how many years we've been saved, we all still have room to continue growing and maturing in the rich word of God. Our Heavenly Father wants us to come to him with a broken and contrite spirit, ready to receive his mercy, his grace and mercy. In Psalms 51 verse 17, gives us hope in regard in letting us know the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a contrite heart, O God, thou will not despise. Reverend Rogers elaborated on holiness by writing, Righteousness and holiness ultimately cause us to trust completely in the holiness of God. It may sometimes be messy and take us to areas where we are vulnerable, alone, and afraid. But that is part of what it is to take up the cross and follow Jesus. His holiness becomes our holiness. Looking at the scripture, we see in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse number 7, that God hath not called us to uncleanness, but unto holiness. Holiness may not look the same for each person, but it's not an optional thing for believers. Bishop Osmond Smith of Holy Tabernacle of the Apostolic Faith in Durham, North Carolina, said in one of his many sermons, The greatest miracle is when God can take an unholy thing, an unholy person, save them and cleanse them, and they live holy in an unholy world. There is power in holiness. The word of God really does give us every answer we need to our questions about living a life of holiness. I'll leave you with this one last scripture as we close. And that is in Micah chapter 6, verse 8. I'm reading from the King James Version, which reads, He hath shown thee, O man, what is good. And what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God? Let's do holiness again. Well, friends, that's all the time we have for this episode. I hope you have enjoyed today's episode, which was produced by Elder Maurice Clanton Sr. Be safe. 
Stay healthy. God bless. <laughs>